juries, no indictment in Ferguson, Missouri and New York City following the deaths of Michael Brown and Eric Garner. It raised enormous issues and questions. There were implications and confusion, sadness, anger, grief. It is all so raw and unsettled that I feel like I can't even begin with it. I'll begin with another story. This one without a shooting or a strangling, but a story about violence to the, of the human spirit, violence to another person, and the absence of peace. It has to do with a friend of mine, a friend from about the last 10 years. His name is Mark. Mark and I became friends when he wrote an email to me uh, after he was, if you can imagine this, upset about something I wrote in the newspaper. (laughs) We began a correspondence and eventually met and have gathered, met for uh, lunch and other occasions several times, a number of times each year. So we got together last week. Mark, I said, how was your... Thanksgiving. He said, my wife is crazy about Thanksgiving. It's her favorite holiday. She gets up early. She cooks all this food. Uh, she makes the house just right. But I got to tell you, I dread Thanksgiving. One thing you need to know about Mark is that Mark is Jewish. And Mark's wife is Christian, as are all of her family. But when I say they're Christian, they're, they're a different kind of Christian. Uh, our part-time custodian, Husham, gave me a, a term uh, that, that is helpful for me in talking about uh, some Christians and maybe sometimes me. He said to me, he lives in a community where there's uh, a number of Christians, and he said to me, but they're, they're not like you. They're more like the Taliban. You see, Husham, Husham is from Iraq, and he... He knows the Taliban. He said they're more like the Taliban. They want to be right all the time and have only their way. Well, Mark's in-laws are Taliban Christians. (laughs) And so it's been strained over the last 25-plus years that Mark and his wife have been married. There have been strains and slights and digs and opportunities missed where He participates in their religious rituals, but they've never once acknowledged his different high holy days. But Mark tries to be gracious, and so he invited the family over for Thanksgiving meal. And you know that point in the meal where it's just, it's time for folks to sit down, almost time. All the food's being put on the table while it's hot. And at that very moment, Mark's brother-in-law announces A man of my stature should sit at the head of the table where the master of the house sits. And he sat down at the head of the table. And Mark was stunned. He was paralyzed. What what do I do? do Do I just ignore it? My children are here. I'm embarrassed. I feel emasculated. But if I say something, it'll just cause a, a stir right at this very moment. And as Mark told me this story, my heart just broke with sadness. For him, for his brother-in-law, for the world we live in. 
Isaiah and then John the Baptist used these words. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight the crooked place. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain shall be brought down. And all the rough places shall be made into a plain And if you're like me, perhaps you don't always understand what prophets are saying or what poets are saying. But if I say this term to you, you likely get it. We need to level the playing field. Do you know what I mean? We need to level the playing field. Where valleys, those holes and ruts and ditches that people get started in in life or find themselves falling into, where good people find themselves, as Martin Luther King said, with this nagging sense of nobodiness. They need to be filled in. And those mountains, those obstacles that keep us from seeing, keep us from moving, that keep us from having a vision and a hope for the future, they need to be brought down. And those rough places, those grievances and injuries, those conflicts when events converge and people find themselves at war with each other, either at a Thanksgiving table or out in the street or on the battlefields, those rough places need, have to be made smooth again. The world is filled with valleys and mountains and rough places, and it creates what one writer called a whole country of shadows, where the sun doesn't shine, where it's dark and wet and moldy. But as I look at these mountains, look at these valleys and these rough places, I notice that almost all of them are human-made. They're synthetic. They're artificial. We create these boundaries. We create and nurture these boundaries as individuals and as cultures and as classes. And we do this sometimes unintentionally as we are about the work of creating our own identity and our own security and sometimes our own superiority over other people, we create these boundaries. But as Ken Wilber noted, boundary lines become potential battle lines. Boundary lines become potential battle lines. It sets up an us and them and it destroys the peace. The peace that God intends for this world. The peace that we see in the vision of the peaceable kingdom. It's not the world God wants. And so there is a great need for an excavation in order to develop a new peace We need all the front-end loaders and earth movers and backhoes and explosives that we can muster so that we can reshape the landscape of each and every human heart. My heart, your heart, your neighbor's heart, your brother-in-law's heart. For God to be able to enter into our lives, prepare that way. Excavate the landscape of your heart so that God can come to you and so that you can come and enter into God, into that oneness that God desires with us. This takes us way beyond 
information about God, about faith, about Jesus. For far too long, the church has been promoting information about God, believing about God. When all along, God is not about information. God is about transformation. Changing who we are. Not just giving us an identity badge so that we can say, we're different than you. But making us different. Transforming our lives. Excavating our hearts. And inviting us into this way. This truth. This life that is Jesus the Christ. This kind of transformation is needed by a brother-in-law who is asleep to his sense of privilege. Privilege. That would take the seat of honor at the family dinner to awaken him to how he has hurt another and to call him into a new way. The same message also calls and invites Mark, my friend, to see his brother-in-law, his adversary, as a needy, wounded, insecure, clueless child of God who also needs healing somewhere in his life. This same kind of transformation calls for us, the majority white population, to acknowledge our place of privilege in the world we live in, here in the United States, how we are clueless to other people's humiliations just because of who they are. And it also invites persons of color to love us clueless people, And to help us see what we cannot see on our own. The same transformation needs to do its work in the 56 people in Louisville and around. Who took a gun or a knife or their own fist, their own hands. And took the life of another human being because of rage or fear or jealousy or greed. They too need to be baptized in the waters of mercy to awaken to the reality of what they've done. And in the words of John the Baptist, to repent, to turn, to see what God could do with their life. And this transformation calls upon people like you and me, those of us in society, to transcend this illusion that somehow we can just lock up the bad guys and put them out of sight and out of mind when the truth is there's no them and us. There's just us. These murderers, they're part of us. Which may be what Jesus had in mind in his very last parable in Matthew When he says, I was in prison and you came to visit me, I wonder if Jesus meant you came not just on a pity mercy visit, these poor people in prison, but rather you came to see one of your own, us, together in this world, trying to make it right, trying to be the people of peace and purity 
I think it's why Jesus came into this world. Why he was born in Bethlehem. To help us see each and all of us as beloved children of God. That every person has a part of God inside of them. And that each person in this world is part of us. So that we're all in this together. And I don't want to harm you or hurt you or injure you. Because to harm or hurt you is to harm or hurt myself. We're all in this together. The Apostle Paul put it this way. Christ is our peace. He's broken down the dividing walls that have separated us and made us one together. Why? Why does Christ do this? Because we don't need these fake walls anymore. We are all one people and Jesus came to unite us, not to divide us. The New Yorker had a cartoon this week about two armies in battle. The cartoonist drew it in a medieval look. They're all all mounted on horses. They have helmets. They have shields. They have the battle gear on. And they all have a spear in one hand and a flag in the other hand. The interesting thing is both sides look identical. Across that boundary line, battle line, on one side and the other... Two identical groups. The caption says, There will be no peace until they renounce their rabbit God and accept our duck God. And you look a second time and you realize that the logo, the symbol on every flag of the soldiers can either be seen as a duck with his bill sticking out, or it can be seen as a rabbit with his ears looking behind. It is exactly the same picture, as if to say, they're fighting over nothing. We fight over nothing. We fight over false boundaries, artificial walls, We create synthetic valleys and mountains. And Jesus comes into the world to say, we are all one. Prepare the way of the Lord. Excavate these valleys, these mountains, these rough places. Bring them down. Demolish these dividing walls. So that as Jesus prayed, Father, that they may be one as we are one. Behold, new peace. Amen. The table of the Lord is a symbol of peace. It is the one who in peace came who gave his life freely and willingly for you and me, whose body and blood are represented by this bread and cup. And in peace, it is set for all of God's people. If you were hungry for God, if you see in this Jesus the way and the truth and the life, you are welcome at this table. Let us prepare now to come to the table of the Lord.
by making peace in our hearts and practicing it even now by turning to friends and strangers and saying these words, may the peace of Christ be with you and also with you.